morning. We are back here for another episode of Waking Up with Wandy here on the Stock Showdown podcast. A very special guest here for you today. We have Paul Barron here with us here this morning on a, I would say beautiful, but I'd be lying to you. I mean, it's sunny, but we are at 24 degrees Fahrenheit here in the Northeast. It is a frigid one out here uh, this morning. But we have Paul Barron here uh, with us on the Stock Showdown podcast. Paul is the founder and CEO of The Wall Printer USA, has decades of business experience uh, spanning upon B2B and B2C, which my students should know that stands for business to business and business to consumer, retail, manufacturing, international business, and franchising. I do appreciate Paul's time here this morning. So without further ado, everybody, I'm going to turn it over to Paul and Paul can give you a little bit of his backstory. So Paul Barron, everybody. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, William, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience, your students today. Um, I do quite a bit of mentoring at the local university here in North Carolina, where it's only slightly warmer today. <laughs> We've also had a turn of uh, a preview to winter here. We're usually about in the 70s, and today we're in the 30s. So, uh, so we don't have much on you in terms of the weather. In terms of our business climate, um, that's very good. As I said, I work a little bit with uh, the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. I help them in their Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship uh, in terms of helping students, faculty, community members who use this as a resource to either uh, learn more about uh, starting up a business or they may have a business or an idea for a business and they want to get input from people who have experience in all facets, which might be financial, legal, intellectual property, uh, patents, sales, marketing, uh, supply chain, uh, vendors, relations, human resources, hiring people, um, any of the aspects that your students are going to be faced with as they enter the world, whether as an employee or an employer, business owner, entrepreneur, um, my background basically started in college, my business background, where I strung tennis rackets for the athletic department. I'm a tennis player and I uh, enjoy it. You know, this day, many years later, we don't have to go into the chronology here of how old I am, <laughs> but suffice to say, I've got decades of experience not only in business and in life, but also in playing tennis. But I got my start during college where I got to the tennis team and paid for my uh, part of my education. Parents were kind and supplemented most of that, uh, but my spending money was earned through stringing tennis rackets. Uh, what that has to do with this podcast uh, is that that was the first of my business ventures. Uh, I say adventures, uh, you could say ventures, uh, but every entrepreneurial step is an adventure. You don't know really what's going to happen. You hope for the best, hopefully plan for the worst. Um, successes and lesser successes, I consider, rather than use a word like failures, uh, because everything is a learning experience. But by streaming tennis rackets after I graduated college, I opened up a tennis sporting goods store um, in the town where I grew up, not much north of you. Uh, New Paltz, New York is where I went to college. And I opened up one store, and then it became three stores, and then I sold those. And that began a journey which has gone several decades now. Uh, whereas William uh, talked about in his uh, introduction, it spans all sorts of uh, business to business, business to consumer, consumer packaged goods, 
found out that I got uh, a calling early on for uh, the sales and marketing hat. Even though as an entrepreneur, you have to wear all hats. Uh, for a while, I was in the restaurant business, and I wanted to learn how to uh, uh, do all aspects of that business. So I washed dishes, I tended bar, I cooked in the kitchen, I ordered the supplies. Even though my role was supposed to be that back office, kind of managing the money, managing the vendors, uh, making sure our costs of goods were in line and our pricing for our customers and our menus were going to produce a profit for the business. Uh, but still, you learn when you're an entrepreneur that there's really nothing that you should not know. And uh, double negatives aside, uh, you really want to learn everything about that business and be able to do it yourself or at least be able to know enough that other people um, can serve as a, uh, you can serve as a resource to these other people in the course of your business. And that's what I did over the course of many years. I found out that the hats I liked to wear, the hats I didn't like to wear. Um, I really didn't like managing people too much. I didn't. I was very much independent. Um, I wore the sales and marketing hat very well, identifying customers, helping a product or a market find its customers, and uh, build a business and revenue around that. And so I went on to helping companies do just that. And when I say companies, I identified uh, and enjoy finding products from foreign countries that weren't here in the United States. Uh, typically, it was, uh, let's see, an Australian uh, self-service door wash system that I imported from Australia and launched in the United States, selling it to pet stores and door washers and community dog parks. It was a Chinese headband headphone uh, that was, had Nickelodeon and Disney characters on it uh, for young children. Uh, a headband and a headphone combination. Uh, there was a baby bottle that was manufactured in Austria that I helped launch here in the United States that was a little bit unique and different than the traditional baby bottle. Um, and then there was some software and technology that I helped from some foreign countries in Russia and in Israel uh, find their customers here and launch those products in the United States. And now I have found uh, a very interesting product that nobody has ever seen or heard about here in the U.S. It's not a new technology, but it's new here in North America and South America. And I brought the wall printer to the United States about three years ago. And that's my current company. It is a vertical printing machine, kind of like a desktop printer, except we print any digital picture on any wall, indoors or outdoors. And that's what I'm doing today. And we've launched in the past year and a half, we've launched about 50 new entrepreneurs into their journey on business having this as either <clears throat> their only business or in addition to an existing business where it might help them add revenue. And again, those are the kinds of things I like finding uh, where there's different areas that you can cooperate uh, with the people that where painters and contractors and photographers and graphics designers can all find additional ways to sell wall printings or wall art to their existing customers using the wall printer. And that's what we're doing now. Um, Mr. Anderson, I'll go back to you and, and uh, take a pause. All right. Wow. That was insightful. I, I love the backstory. Um, I'm not familiar with, uh, forgive my ignorance, the town that you grew up in, uh, a little north of me to, uh, I guess, uh, geographically. I'm going to have to look that up. New Paltz, New York. Um, 
But uh, your area that you're down there in uh, and who you work with, University of North Carolina, um, it seems like that's a very business-friendly um, state. I, I do know maybe not so much your area specifically of University of North Carolina, Wilmington, but um, your University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Duke University, Wake Forest, NC State. I think they call that the research triangle, if, if I'm not mistaken. Is that accurate? That's correct. Yeah, IBM many years ago uh, located their U.S. headquarters in the Raleigh Durham area, and it became a technology center and became known as RTC or the Research Triangle um, area. And that's uh, Raleigh Durham Cary, and yes, uh, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, which is famous for its sports as well as its education. Um, Duke University, they are neighbors and competitors with one another, arch enemies, if you will. Um, people are either North Carolina, UNC, right. NC State, or Duke uh, Loyalist. Um, and, uh, and then the University of North Carolina is very much like, uh, you know, New Jersey has its state school system. New York, where I went to college, and New Falls is part of the State University of New York system, of which there are dozens of schools and campuses. So North Carolina is very, uh, it, it is very education friendly. Uh, Wilmington is a branch of the UNC network. Um, it's a, a coastal community, um, very much like where I grew up. I went to college in New Falls, as you said, and as I said earlier, uh, which is about 75 miles north of New York City, right off the New York Thruway, uh, across the across the river from Poughkeepsie, New York. And that's uh, more of a landmark for you. Um, I did grow up in Long Beach, Long Island, um, and so in Nassau County, Long Island, and uh, and Wilmington is very much like where I grew up community on the coast um well thank you i i love north carolina so uh you know i would love to be down there one day i mean again it's not much warmer than it is right now up here but nevertheless um again it seems very educational friendly and very business friendly um your new venture i'm, I'm really intrigued by this new venture uh the wall printer that you uh that you referenced in the previous question um how did, how did that, again, we're, we're, again, you had done a great job articulating that you had found opportunities overseas uh, that weren't be basically being exploited here in the United States. Um, why this one? Why this time? Um, and, and basically, how has it been going? Well, uh, some good questions. And, uh, you know, generally what I do is, that as, as I mentioned and as you summarized, I find products that I think there's a market for and that hasn't been penetrated um, or introduced yet. Um, sure, there are dog washes and, uh, and sure there are um, baby bottles, uh, but there should be something unique to introduce something new, whatever it is. And in this particular case, uh, I was actually retired um, after I sold the dog wash um, system to an American manufacturer that took that business from where I it and then decided to take on uh, U.S. manufacturing of a product that was made in Australia um, and uh, and take over the business. And so I retired after that, but I still always look around for different things. And I think I'm a consumer like most people in the United States. You see something, if you can afford it, and if it means something to you, or if it adds some value to your life, um, you, you might want to purchase it. Um, and I don't care whether it's um, baseball cards, or video games, or a car, depending on what you're, um, where you are in your life, 
whether you're a student um, and, you, and you're buying new sneakers or, or new clothes or a new computer or a new tablet um, or a new video game or you get older and you buy, you know, you rent an apartment, whatever you have, wherever life takes you, you're a consumer if you live here in the United States. And hopefully you do enough um, and uh, you do enough that you can take care of yourself and your own desires. So uh, I'm always looking at things, um, not necessarily to buy, but just after all, we're, we all live in the world of the internet. Um, video, social media, so things are thrown at us, whether we want to find them or not, they find us um, online usually or on our mobile devices. And so uh, one of the things that came up uh, to me uh, was a wall printer, a vertical printing machine. I had never seen anything like it. It popped out one day. Actually, um, it, that's not totally true that it just popped out. Somebody approached me from a German company uh, that knew my background and that was wanting to introduce it to the United States and they manufactured the product in Germany and it was a vertical printing machine that printed digital images on walls. It's your desktop printer, but instead of printing on a piece of paper on your desktop printer, it is a, a, an inkjet printer that, that moves up and down vertically on the wall. If you want to learn everything about it, it takes about 15 seconds of seeing the video of the wall printer in action. And you can go to our website, thewallprinter.com, and on the home page or any other area of the website, you can see a video of the wall printer printer. And you get it in about 15 seconds exactly what it does. And it, again, in summary, you take any digital image, you import it from the internet, or put it on a USB stick, you take that USB stick, you put it into a USB port on the printer, and it'll print your digital image. Uh, it's not quite as simple and as quick as that. Uh, there's some manipulation involved to make it the size you want, to position it on the wall where you want it, but ultimately that's what it does. And so uh, this German company approached me and asked me uh, they, they wanted to bring it from Europe over to the United States. Um, this technology is not new, it's been around for about 10 years, but because it does take a bit of hand holding and training and local supplies of inks and support, um, it did not come from com countries and companies that manufacture these machines across the Atlantic or Pacific Ocean to the United States because it required local presence. When I was approached by this company, I really could not make the deal or see the value uh, when they approached me. But I loved the machine. I loved the technology. And so I did my homework, which is something that you, the students, should do if you're considering a job, uh, buying a car, whatever. You do your homework these days. You do it online uh, because that's the easiest way. And then maybe you go and you meet people or go to a, a car dealership or go to a video store or a clothing store or a restaurant once you've researched what it is you want. And not unlike going to the movies or going to a concert and researching, you know, who's playing. Uh, the same thing, we have, the, we have the, the beauty of this availability of online information. So take advantage of it as I did with this. And I found out there are only a handful, literally a handful, five manufacturers of vertical printing machines in the world. And I did my homework and I researched all of them, visited all of them, two were in China, one was in uh, Australia, one was the German one that approached me, and one in India. And I found shortcomings in all of them except for one. Uh, one Chinese product just ticked all the boxes, as we say, when we're trying to buy something. Um, you know, if we, we have certain needs, certain wants, uh, we're looking for certain benefits. Um, and so this one checked all the right boxes for me. And so I proceeded to ask them if they had an interest in that product coming to the United States, they did. We struck a deal. Um, again, I'm 
taking about a year of, of effort and research and negotiations with the factory uh, before finally investing in the company, which I did. Um, and so I own now this company. We own the rights also to taking these products to all of North and South America. Um, and in the past year, we've grown to over 50 markets, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Mexico, um, Chile, um, Ecuador in the South American markets and Central American markets, and of course, Puerto Rico, which is a, a U.S. Um, uh, territory. Um, and then in the United States, we're in about 45 states across the United States and then a couple of places in Canada, in Calgary, Ontario, Toronto. Um, in the United States, we are really scattered throughout the United States with about 45 locations. And that we've done in the past year. And when I say locations, these are individuals that saw our promotions on TikTok, um, Instagram, Facebook, primarily Google ads, our website, and have found us because of marketing we've done. And they looked at it and said, hey, that's pretty cool, just like I did three years ago. And they wanted to learn more about it. And a, a few of those, about 60 to date, um, raised their hand and opened up their wallet and said, yeah, I could be in business doing this. And, uh, and whether they, as I said earlier in my introduction, whether they had an existing business that was somehow related to art and murals and printing, or it was just somebody who thought this was fascinating and thought this was something that they could make money doing. And they went ahead and invested for the price of a, a good car. It's about $35,000 to invest and to own a wall printing business in a local area. Um, but we've been very fortunate in that great growth. We have bigger plans for 2022. Well, in the interim, uh, Paul, when you were explaining uh, the intricacies of, of how it got started and, and where it is today, and thank you for that, I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, take your advice and go on to thewallprinter.com, uh, which is a fantastically done website, by the way. Um, I didn't want to actually ruin anything that we had going on here by watching the video, so all I did was do a quick, uh, some quick reading here. I work at a technical school, Paul. Um, and one of the trades or one of, yeah, one of the technical, uh, uh, things that kids can do is graphic design or commercial arts. And I mean, I can't think of a better, uh, a better client outside of somebody in the private community than the, the than the school system. Um, uh, it's interesting that you say that, Mr. Anderson. So one of our early customers, um, was in fact, a STEM school in the Chicago Public School System Network. Um, and because of their both the technology aspect and the creative the arts that they do in the STEM schools, um, they, uh, they purchased a wall printer and they're using it on, on both those areas, not only to produce the wall art that they put on the walls in their building, in the school building, but also to teach the technology, teach um, the graphic arts. Um, and yes, it's a very nice marriage. Yeah, I mean, like, and again, I don't know, you know, if like what we sometimes do is sometimes we work with local businesses in our area. So like, let's say, for example, a, a local business is trying to put on an event, they might ask for like invitations or like flyers for from our from our students and, and pay, you know, pay to have the work done by by the students. Maybe that's a marriage down the road where school buys the wall printer and and does work with local communities 
uh, that want that work done. Like I could see like a bowling alley wanting like a mural, like on, on the backdrop or something like that. So I think what you're doing and the possibilities are endless. Yeah, the, the creativity that we are learning from our customers is really um, limitless. Um, we've had customers that have printed on ceiling. Now, you can't print directly on a ceiling, but they printed on wood panels, and then those, then they got a, a general contractor, a carpenter, to take those wood panels with a wall mural on it, printed by the wall printer, and then put that up into a ceiling, uh, where it looked like the Sistine Chapel in a, in a mansion by a, a customer <laughs> who owned a big, big home in Sarasota, Florida. We never thought of doing a ceiling print with the wall printer, uh, but that's what the customer wanted, and our, our owner of the wall printer in Naples, Florida, uh, found a creative way to do that and enlist a contractor to help pull that off. Um, and then there's there's just no limit to, again, you know, restaurants or schools or hospitals, you know, a dentist office, a big mural of a tooth on the wall, right. you know, an Italian restaurant, a big picture of a, a chef putting, pulling a pizza out of an oven, or a picture of Italy. Uh, you know, all of these things, again, it, it's, just, it's just another way to put art on walls. And the nice thing about the wall printer, it can do any size, any image. We don't we don't compete with printers who are doing flyers and invitations. Right. Um, but it, 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 not to say that you can't print on paper, sure. which you can. You can print on canvas. You can print on anything as long as you can put it up against the wall. Okay. I love it. I, I, I am, again, intrigued. And, again, being in this technical school that I am for the last 11 years, I see an immense opportunity here. To, to, to work with uh, the wall printer. So I, I, and again, I'm not sugarcoating. I would love to pass this along to my powers at B to see if that's something that we can work on, Paul. So thank you. Well, this... it's, not, it's, not un, it's not unusual that you're discovering this now because we've only touched the tip of the iceberg with our social mark, media marketing with using, as I said, the tools of the trade for marketing these days, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and TikTok um, and Reddit and all these other social media sources. Um, so we, we've introduced our product to maybe 3 million people. Well, the U.S. has 300 million people. And we're, we're in 50 territories across the United States today, which we're very happy about that growth in one year. But there's a 1,000 territories that can actually benefit by this. And who knows within those territories, which are geographic areas like cities and towns and counties, who knows how many schools and hospitals and, and other you know, people starting businesses. You know, if you just look at how many Starbucks there are, you know, or how many, you know, McDonald's there are. There's no difference between those models and, and the wool printer in the, in, the, in the respect of, you know, how many you can have and how many walls there are out there, both indoors and outdoors. So, so yeah, we appreciate, you know, the reaction that you have, Mr. Anderson, and maybe your students too, um, to become wall printers or just to use the wall printer if it's a tool that the school offers. Uh, but more than happy to have those kinds of conversations. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. Uh, we are uh, getting short on time, but that was fantastic. Uh, like I said, you know, before we got on the air, like I wanted to make this as conversational as possible. I never really know where the conversation is going. And before we started this uh, podcast interview, to be honest, I would not have guessed that this is where the podcast would have ended is, is looking at a looking at your product as an opportunity for my students here at the school. So this was, again, another great opportunity. Thank you, Paul, for sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Any final parting words, Paul, for the audience? Uh, no, just follow your path. Follow your dreams. Open up to yourself here in high school. Um, you know, the world is ahead of you. A lot more, more is before you than is behind you. 
um, make a lot of relationships. Uh, you can feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, it's a great professional network. I do have your social media connections on whatever you use. Um, but when you get into the business world, LinkedIn is a great resource to connect with people. Um, and the user's resource, I invite people to always connect with me. Um, you can, you know, just search for my name and you'll find me. And uh, again, I just uh, wish you the best in your future educational and career paths. All right. Well, thank you for those final parting words. Uh, this is Wendy and Paul Barron signing off with Waking Up with Wendy Stock Showdown podcast. God bless.